I'm going to start this morning just a little story. There was a king who lived in a palace, had an amazing home, had an exceptional life. But all he wanted was just to be married. Single guy, he was a just ruler. He wasn't a, some guy that held on to his power. He did what he was supposed to do. And, but all he wanted, he just, he just wanted to, to find a, a, a lady, a girl that would, would accept him for who he was. He didn't want somebody to love him for his wealth and for, his, for what he was and who he was entitled to be. And as a king, as a ruler, he just, he just wanted somebody to love him for who he was. And so as he was in his kingdom, as he was at his palace, and he kind of was doing some daily things going around, and he came upon this peasant girl who, for whatever reason, she just caught his eye. She was a peasant. She really wasn't anything. There was, there was no grandeur. There was nothing. But, man, that girl just caught his eye. And he, he went back to his palace and he went back, but all he could think about was, man, that, that girl that I saw, that, that, that girl was beautiful. And, and so he finally, he would see her around and he would, he would always notice her, but he finally started, he went to some of his advisors and he went to some of these people and he said, hey, you know, I found this girl, but my problem is, I, I, how, do I, how can I get her to like me? How can I get her to notice me? She'll never, we'll never really be in the same place. And his, his advisor said, well, you're the king. You do what you want. You can make her love you. You can give her no option. You can do anything that you would like to do. You can make that girl love you. But he said, but I don't want to make somebody love me. If I make them love me, then, then I'll never know that they really, really care. I'll never know that they really just love me. And they said, well, King, if, if that's the case, then maybe you just need to find somebody that would be more, more adapt, more, a little better to be in the palace, to be in your throne. I mean, you can't marry a, you can't, she's a peasant. She doesn't fit in this palace and in this kingdom. So he kind of went around and he would, he would go and he would look for another lady and he would look for a girl. And, but the only thing that kept coming back to him was that peasant girl that he saw. And so he finally, he's thinking to himself and he doesn't know what to do. And that, that young lady just kept popping in his mind, this peasant girl, but, but he keeps going back. But I just want her to love me. I don't, I don't want her to love my palace. I don't want her to love my money. I don't want her to love my power. I want her to love me. So he, he comes up with this idea that he's going to take off his crown and he's going to basically become a peasant. And he takes off the crown and he puts it aside and he takes off his robe and he takes off all of his nice clothes and all the great things that he has as the king. And he puts them aside. And he goes and he lives down in the dumps. He lives with this, the peasant people. 
as a king, as a ruler, he, he goes and he lives amongst these people that are really not worthy of, of who he is in stature. With the hope and with the goal and with the, the dream in mind that he'll get to know this girl and maybe she'll accept him for just who he is. Not because of his kingdom. Not because of his power. Not because of the palace. And not because of any of those things. But, but just because of who he is. He didn't know any other way. He, he didn't know what to do. But this king took on the form of a just a lowly peasant, a nobody, a, living in a ragged and a dumpy old place and living on the streets so that he could get the heart of this girl. That he could gain her, that he could, she would trust him, that she would learn to love him, that, that they would have this relationship. And I think most of you kind of understand and you recognize and you know where I'm, I'm kind of headed with this, but... In John 1, 1, we talked about this last week. In John 1, 1, it says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. And then as we go to, to Luke in chapter number 2, and it should be on the screen there, but Luke chapter number 2, in verse number 6 and 7, it says, And so it was that while they were there, the days were accomplished that she should be delivered. And... And she brought forth her firstborn son, wrapped him in swaddling clothes, and laid him in a manger. Because there was no room for them in the inn. And this morning, as we kind of talked last week, and we talked about Christ, and, and He came as this... He wasn't wrapped in some amazing present. He wasn't adorned by lots of gifts. And He wasn't all of these things that we would think the greatest King of all would have. But He was born in a manger... A nobody. And this morning, as, as I get into the lesson or the, the sermon this morning, this king became on earth, lived a ragged, ragged life. And just like this king that I, sp I spoke about, and I'll finish that story kind of towards the end of the service here, but, but just as this king, the king Jesus became flesh, in Matthew chapter number 1, I know this isn't on the screen, but in Matthew chapter number 1, in verse number uh, 23, 22 and 23, it says, Now all this was done that it might be fully or fulfilled, which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet, saying, Behold, a virgin shall be with child, and she and shall bring forth a son, and they will call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. Jesus Christ sent His only begotten Son. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And, and this powerful being that God was and Jesus Christ was, they sent Him to, to be a nobody. And last week, if you remember, we, we kind of talked a little bit about gifts. And most of the gifts we talked about last week were things that we get that maybe have a little bit of purpose. If you remember, we talked about the the socks and underwear, it's wrapped all nice and you're kind of excited as a kid to open it up and then all of a sudden it's like, oh, really? We all understand, especially as adults, that we use those things. I hope you use those things on a regular basis. But we need those things. I need socks. I just threw some socks away because 
they have the huge hole in the heel, you know. But we all have that. We need those things. But it's not anything that we get excited about. I'm telling you right now, this Christmas, my kids are not going to get excited about clothes. They're not going to get excited about socks. They're not going to get excited about all of those things that we get them that they need. But it's things that we need. Now this week I'm going to talk to you about a gift that's a little bit different. Some of you probably have people in your lives that give you gifts on a very regular basis for Christmas or whatever it might be. That every year you know what's going to happen with that gift. You're not going to use it. You don't want it. Unlike socks and underwear where there's a purpose, the gift that you're about to get from whoever this person will be has absolutely no purpose. You're going to do one of two things with it. You're going to put it in the garage where it will be regifted for a white elephant gift at a later time, which we had one of those this weekend. And I won the ugly sweater contest. If you've seen that picture, I apologize. But, but it has no purpose at all. You may have somebody that gives you gifts that thinks that you love a certain activity and, and you're like, I, I really don't like this. I'm fortunate that there's nobody in my life that gives me a reoccurring gift that I'm always going, really, why? Other than the one I told you about a few weeks ago that I got the most god-awful ornaments ever invented. That I was informed this week that I still have those somewhere. I don't know why. Maybe I need to start re-gifting them. But uh, we get those gifts that every time you open it, you're like, oh... Thank you. And you know it's going back to the store. Or you know it's going in the garage where you'll never see it again. Or somebody else is going to be unfortunate enough to get that gift. And you're going to re-gift it. And you're going to take it to a, a, a gift exchange thing. Or you're going to send it to... Somebody is going to get that gift. It's rejected. It's not wanted. There is nothing about you that wants that gift. So here's what we're going to do this morning. I did this last week. I want you to take a moment. I want you to tell somebody around you one of those exciting gifts that you got. Here's the only thing. I do want to share with this with you. Make sure that the person beside you is not the person that gave you that gift. Because that would not be good to go, oh, yeah, this, and then, you know, you know how it is. So take about 10, 15 seconds. Tell somebody right next to you about an incredible gift that you got that you never wanted, that you you sent back, or maybe you re-gifted. Take just a minute and do that, and then we'll get back to the sermon at hand. People are laughing, so I guess that's a good thing. You got something that you did not want. How about, there's some of these gifts you can think of. I know maybe this is more for you men. Maybe just kind of take note in the back of your head. Getting anything for a female that has to do with weight loss is not a good thing. Um, Richard Simmons gifts are typically not very good. 
Um, I don't really understand this and why this time of the year Chia Pets are very popular. I don't get it. If you have one, I would love the explanation of why you have a Chia Pet and where that brings joy to anybody's life. But for whatever reason, at Christmas time, Chia Pets are the coolest thing. And they're everywhere. And there's people Chia Pets. You can buy people with their faces and then they grow hair. I don't understand those. My wife got a Furby one year and she was what in high school or something i don't that was cool back then now apparently it's coming back that was the dumbest that we actually put that thing in a box and it was demented you thought you got rid of it and then something would happen and all of a sudden you'd hear this stupid thing making whatever noise that it made which you don't understand but somebody got my daughter what was it one of those baby alive things I understand grandparents love to get their grandkids the coolest gifts ever. Who cares? It's a baby doll. It pees and poops. Why? Why do I want to get my child something that I'm going to have to clean up? My kids are not cleaning up baby alive. Besides that, it talks. And it makes the dumbest sounds and dumbest noises. Why do I want that? Why do my kid, mom, my kids, they think that's fun. Look, mom, I can put water in and it goes right out. Yeah, it's called a hole. It goes right through the bottom. But it's like, grandma, why would you do that? Like you want to just look at them and go, really? And then give them one of those. If you have kids, then you understand what I'm saying. And then if you're a grandparent, you understand because it's like, ha ha ha. I just got them the loudest gift ever. But, uh, or if it's not a grandchild, maybe it's somebody else, just so long as it's not in your home, you really don't care. Hey, this makes a lot of noise. Here you go. Um, but for whatever reason, there's all kinds of gifts that we get at Christmas time that sometimes we're like, yeah, that's, that's really cool. And then there's those other gifts that you open and you're, what do I do with this? That would be like one of you getting me like all kinds of hunting gear. I've never hunted in my life. What would I do with it? Like there's a lot of those just random things, you know, people are like, oh, but it's really nice. And well, it's really nice, but what does it do for me? It doesn't do me any good. So nonetheless, hopefully that made sense to you this morning, but uh, let's pray and then we'll go. No, I'm just kidding. But uh, this morning, here's what I want to go to. Jesus Christ was born. We've read that last week in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and we read all that, and we read that this morning. Jesus was the the gift that was sent. And this morning I have two points. I still have lots of pages of notes, but I have two points. And the first point is, is that there's the received gift. And Jesus Christ was the gift that was sent to come to earth for you and for me. And at this time in Christmas, we, we often, it's, it's a little more accepted that, you know, you go to Walmart or any other store and you hear the Christmas carols and you hear a lot of these things and we kind of accept it at this time of the year. Now we got the, the people that are, oh, well, there's a manger scene on public grounds and blah, blah, blah. I, I, 
we get that. But by all in by and large, Christmas time is it's accepted that Jesus and, and the baby and the manger and Christmas carols. I mean, if you play anything Jesus any other time except for Christmas, somehow that's a really really bad thing. But I want to read to you this in in John chapter one and verse number. Um, 10 and 11, it says this, and it should be on the screen here, but it says, He was in the world, and the world was made by Him, and the world knew Him not. Verse 11, He came unto His own, and His own received Him not. I think we know the story of Jesus. I think that I could go through all of the the things, and the wise men, and all of the different things that took place. But as we stop and we look at Christmas... And we think about gifts that we get and we think about gifts that we give back and we can joke and we can have a good time with those types of things. But, but when you really stop to look at Jesus Christ and you really stop to look at how this thing was, was taking place, he was kind of like one of those gifts that just really wasn't accepted. Again, it said what? He came unto his own and his own received him not. The gift that was received, that it wasn't even really accepted. It was, and I get at this time of the year, we, we celebrate Christmas and you're going to go somewhere and there's going to be manger scenes everywhere and there's going to be lights and there's going to be carols being sung and, and people that don't like Jesus are going to talk about Jesus even if they don't know they're talking about Jesus. They're going to sing songs about Christ and they're going to do all of these things. And, and for whatever reason, at Christmas time, Jesus is kind of accepted. Now, I don't know how many of you are movie people, and I'm really not movie person at all. But uh, there is a, like a three to four minute segment in a movie. How many of you are familiar with Ricky Bobby? Does anybody know who Ricky Bobby is? Half of you are looking at me like I'm the biggest moron in the world. The other half of you are like, oh, I got it. Ricky Bobby is in a, a fictional character that's in the movie Talladega Nights. And Ricky Bobby, basically it's a NASCAR thing, and I'm, whatever. So, but in the middle of that, they sit down and they're going to have a dinner. And I, I was going to play it, but, it, I, yeah, it just wasn't really worth playing. But uh, it was too long and whatever. But in the middle of this, he sits down to pray, and he starts, dear, he, dear baby Jesus. And everything that he says, he goes through and Baby Jesus, thank you for our food, baby Jesus. Thank you for my wife, baby Jesus. Thank you for all of my kids, baby Jesus. And, and in the middle of his prayer, his wife says, Why do you have to pray to baby Jesus? Maybe it's a grown-up Jesus or whatever it is. And here's, you're like, why are you saying this? Here's why. In the middle of that, he goes on a rant and he says, basically, I can pray to whatever Jesus I want. If I want to pray to baby Jesus, tiny Jesus, teenage Jesus, adult Jesus, grandma Jesus, grandpa Jesus, it doesn't really matter. If I want to pray to Christmas Jesus, it doesn't really matter. I want to pray to, I'll call him baby Jesus in a paraphrase. And he goes and he says this, and he says, but for me, I like to pray for the Christmas Jesus, the baby Jesus. And in our society, it's kind of like that, as awkward as that little segment of the sermon may be. 
We like to pray to the, the baby Jesus, the Christmas Jesus. Our society accepts the Christmas Jesus, but they don't accept the rest of Jesus. They like the Jesus that comes and he was born in a manger and it's a cute story. And, and you know, you can get the manger scenes and it has the animals and you can, it has all of the things. They accept that. But they don't accept and we're not allowed to talk about and we're not allowed to to discuss and we're not allowed to go further the fact that Jesus Christ was born in a manger. But that same Jesus that was born in a manger grew to die on a cross. And that same Jesus that we will accept and that we'll talk about at Christmas time did all of those things. But as cute as baby Jesus might sound, baby Jesus didn't stay baby Jesus. Just like all of us that have kids, your kids it might be cute. My son is looking pretty sniffy or spiffy this morning. I'm t- I just, I don't know. He's like the coolest little man ever. But you know what? He's going to grow up. Now, he'll always be cute and good looking because he's similar to his father. But, <laughs> but he, he's going to grow up and he's going to be dirty and he's not going to be the cute little baby Elijah that, that I have. And I can always like, oh, I remember how cute he was and da, 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 da. And when he's 15 and 16 years old and then I'm going, ah, I don't want that kid no more. Let's take him when he's like, now give me babies, like give me grandkids or something. And we can try to take out the, the ugly part of, of raising kids and the ugly part of that. But there, it's still there. Jesus came as a baby and though the story may be cute... You can't take out the meat of the story of who Jesus Christ is, why Jesus Christ came. And so as we go on this morning and as we get into some of this stuff in in Isaiah 53, if you go back into the Old Testament, I think it's on the screen there. But in Isaiah 53, it says, but he was wounded for our transgression. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with his stripes, we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all. But what does it say? He was, he was despised. He was rejected. And, and so we, we get this gift of, of Christ. And we, we, we get all these things. But, but we don't always receive that. We don't, we don't accept that in. And just like Jesus Christ, God sent His only Son to, to be born in a manger. And, and though we might like that and we, we might like all those things, the fact of the matter is, if you go and you talk about all the miracles of Jesus, people really like the miracles of Jesus. He made water into wine. He, he took mud and He put it on somebody's eyes and now they could see. He did all of these things miraculously. And people love to talk about the miracles of Jesus. And people love to talk about the, the cute baby Jesus. And people love to talk about all those things. But people don't really like the truth of Jesus Christ's story. People don't like to talk about the, the truth of what He preached. The truth of, of why Christ came to this earth. And we, we don't really accept that. We don't like that side of it. In John chapter 12, in verse 42 and 43, it says, Nevertheless, among the chief rulers also... Am I on the right one? Yes. 
Also many believed on him, but because of the Pharisees, they did not confess him, lest they should be put out of the synagogue. For they loved the praise of man more than the praise of God. And as we start into this and we get going into to some of the, the next point here, we really like to think of Jesus. We love the concept. We love the miracles. We love the teaching. We love, we love a lot of the things. But here's the fact of the matter. Just like in that verse right there, we often do some things for they loved the praise of man more than the praise of God. Listen, the very next point, and, and, and I don't, again, I don't have a, a forever long sermon this morning, but this next point is the rejected gift. We love to talk about miracles of God. We love to talk about a lot of the different things. And as we go in our Christian lives and we'll talk about Christmas and we'll talk about all kinds of things. But the fact of the matter is we like the praise of man far more than the praise of God a lot in our lives. Do you know why people don't accept Jesus Christ as their Savior oftentimes? Because in for order for me to accept Christ as my Savior, I have to then reject other things in my life. I just can't continue on and continue on and continue on doing the things that I want to do. Because if I accept Christ, then there's certain parts of my life that I might have to get out of here. I can't just go on with those things. And as, as we start looking into the rejected gift, we look at, think of, think of Jesus and His life. He was born... From the time he was born, people were trying to kill him. From the time he was born, he was rejected. From the time he was born, they were on the run, so to speak, of different things to protect him. And as we look at this, you think about the Romans and the Greeks and, and all of these different things. Those are the two primary groups. If We're just kind of a, a, a short history thing here. But the Romans never gave him a chance because they rejected the Jews. The Romans hated the Jews. He was the... Jew, they rejected the Son of God because of the heritage, the violence, the things that happened around them. The Romans hated the Jews because they felt they were inferior. They rejected the children of God, so they naturally rejected the Son of God. Think about that. The Romans rejected the children of God, so they naturally rejected the Son of God. He was born a Jew. Romans hated the Jews. Have you ever heard that before, Christian? Has anybody ever thought or has anybody ever told you that, no, I will not come to church because I don't like Christians? Has anybody ever told you, no, I will not do that because of a story? Listen, some people in your lives are going to reject the Son of God because of somebody else as a Christian that turned them, out, turned them off to God. In my life, I've ran across and I've came across people that said, well, I will never go to church. Again, I will never go to church again. I will not accept this Jesus. I won't do those things because of doom, 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 doom. And it all comes back to there's a hypocrite. And there was this person and there was that person. Listen, the, the son of God is rejected. If in John it said that 
these things said, uh, sorry, nevertheless among the chief rulers also many do not confess him lest they should put be put out of the synagogue for they loved the praise of man more than the praise of God. The Romans rejected the Son of God because they rejected the children of God. In our society, people are going to reject you. People are going to reject the Son of God, the gift of God, because they, they don't really care for God's people. Over and over we hear stories of hypocrisy within the church, and, and that guy did this, and this person did that, and, and so on and so forth. And listen... It stinks, but it's part of life. When you go find that perfect church, please let me know. But there isn't one. Well, we may know that, we may accept that, we may say that, but people outside look at us and they'll reject my God because of that same thing. The Jews, think about the Jews. The Jews accepted the Messiah. The Jews were historically, what were the Jews looking for? The the Jews were looking for a Messiah, the Savior. And they thought when, when the baby Jesus came initially, it was okay. This is, that wasn't what they wanted. That wasn't what they, that's not really what they were looking for. They were looking for somebody to, to get, to take them out of control or underneath of the Roman law or the, um, yeah, the, the Roman law and the different things. And they were, they were going through all this stuff and they didn't want, they were like, wait, this baby is not going to do that. But they were like, well, maybe they kind of accepted it. And as they kept going, when Jesus Christ went to the cross, they turned their back on him, didn't they? Crucify him, crucify him, crucify him. They wanted a Messiah. They were looking for the Messiah. This guy is going to save us. He's going to do all these things. They were waiting for what he was going to do for them. He was going to provide for them. He was going to take care of them. He was going to do all these things. And when he laid himself on that cross and he wasn't speaking a word, the Jews turned their back on him. And they said, that's not our Messiah. Crucify him. Crucify him. Listen, the Son of God was rejected. The Son of God in our lives is often rejected. Do you know what we do in our lives? We do something very similar to what the Jews did. Did. The Jews, and they were waiting for him to to save the world. They were waiting for him to do something so incredible, to come off of the the cross and to do all these things. And then when they found out that wasn't happening, it was crucify him. Do you know what we do in our lives? What people do all the time is we reject Christ because he doesn't seem to be the savior we were hoping for. Man, is this God, if he, he's really the savior of the world, this God, this Jesus, he came to, to do all these things, but, but he allowed my mother to be eaten alive with cancer. He allowed my grandfather to be this, and he allowed this disease and that disease. He isn't God. He's not the savior of the world. 
Look what he allowed to take place. He's not God. If he's God, he wouldn't have allowed me to go through all of the financial problems. He's not God. If he was God, I would have never lost my job. He's not God. If he was God, I wouldn't have lost my parents. I wouldn't have lost my baby. I wouldn't have lost all these things. This wouldn't have ever happened if that was God. And because just like the Jews, we were expecting something. We were wanting something. If he was really God, he would have done this, this, and this. We all of a sudden go, well, he's not God anymore. And people all around here reject Jesus Christ because he's not the savior that they were looking for. Listen, I'm, I wish I could tell you that you accept Jesus Christ as your Savior and every problem that you ever had would be fixed and everything that you ever wanted would be taken care of and you'd become rich and, and all of those things. The fact of the matter is that's not the reality. Jesus Christ came, what, to seek and to save that which was lost. Jesus Christ came to give us life. But in that, He doesn't say, you know what, when you accept Jesus, you're going to get rich. When you accept Christ, all of, your, all of your health issues are going to go away. When you accept Christ, all of these things are going to be just taken care of. And just like back in the days with the Romans and just like back in the days with the Jews, we live in a life and in a society where we want to accept the baby Jesus and we want to accept the miracles and we want to accept how cool God was and, and the things that he did. But we don't like the teachings of God. We don't like the truth that Jesus Christ brought. We want to push all those things away. And we don't want to accept. We would rather reject those things. In John 16, I don't know if this is on the screen or not. In John 16, 33. These things I have spoken unto you that in me ye might have peace in the world. Ye, may, ye shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. And, you know, as we start looking at this and we start kind of kind of wrapping up some of this sermon thought today, but he didn't come to save us from people or from dictators or from the, the world, but from hell. If he was really the Messiah, he wouldn't. I mean, think about that. People put that. If he was this, then he wouldn't allow that. He wouldn't have been beaten up. He wouldn't have been all these things. No, if you read, I can't read all of John 16, but if you read that, it's talking about a number of those things. But it says what? You might have peace in the world, ye shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. Man, though we don't look at God sometimes, or we don't look at Jesus sometimes as that, He came to, and He overcame the world. He came and He gave us life, eternal life. He came that we might live And though we don't like to look at Jesus and the gifts that he's given to us, oftentimes, we don't like to accept those gifts. We don't like to take them on. How many times is, maybe not in your life, but I know many times in my life where God has given me something or done something and I look at it and I'm like, that's not a blessing from God. How is that a blessing? Where's the blessing in losing everything that I own? And we get bent out of shape and we get angry and we get upset and we, we don't understand things. And why did this person get sick? And why did this have to happen? And why did that have to happen? That's not God. He doesn't do those things. And as you try to stay faithful or as you try to continue to grow and 
then as time goes by, you look back and you go, oh, wow. He kind of knows what he's doing. Because if this never would have happened in my life, then I would have never been able to do this. And when I thought that was so bad, now as I look back, I can see how God worked in all of that. And God, I didn't understand why you took this from me. But for whatever reason, today I can look back and I can go, hey, that's why you took that from me. I didn't understand why this had to happen, but when that happened, this took place. And though I still, I didn't fully grasp it, the gift wasn't really something that I was wanting. It was something that I rejected at first. Listen, we reject Jesus Christ naturally by our sin nature. We do not want that. But when we grasp a hold of the fact that He's an almighty God that came to seek and to save that which was lost, and when we grasp the fact that He is who He says He is, That we need a Savior. Listen, nobody in this room is good enough that we don't need the Savior. We need a Savior. But it takes me to be humbled before an Almighty God to say, You know what? I do need that Savior. You know what? That gift of Jesus coming to earth to do the miracles, to teach, to, to do all that He had done... I do need that Savior. Because without that, I don't recognize the sin that I have. Without that, I don't recognize His greatness and how awesome and how powerful and how mighty that Jesus Christ is. And I'm going to close with one little story here. Think about this. I hope wrap this together here this morning, but Go to a hotel room, you're all by yourself. You're laying in bed, it's midnight, one o'clock in the morning, whatever it would be. Fire alarm goes off. If you're like me, you jump out of bed, scared out to death. Whoa, what was that? Kind of like your alarm in the morning, maybe for some of you. But fire alarm goes off. You jump up, you Startled, what in the world's going on? Next thing you know, you start smelling the smoke. You start seeing the smoke roll into your room. If you do like any other good American citizen, you look in the room and you think, what am I going to take that I want? And if you're like me, does anybody else get really mad when you look at the nice bottle of water that's sitting on the counter that you can't have that's like 25 bucks? You're like, it's a water. So the, the, the alarm's going off, the smoke is coming in, you look around and you grab that bottle of water, you're like, I'm going to be thirsty here in just a minute, and you start going down the hallway, because i got to get out of this place. It's on fire. As you're walking down the hallway, you're running out, trying to get out of here, all of a sudden you hear somebody crying, help, help. You stop. You open the door and you walk in and you see this person laying down, Smoke is coming in. You've got a bottle of water. They're inhaling smoke. You're like, they have to be thirsty. You're like, here you go. Take that bottle of water. Get yourself a drink. And then you walk out of the room. 
And as you walk out of the room, you go out to the outside and you're saved. And what that lady needed or what that person needed, they were thirsty. They were inhaling all the smoke. They had to get something to drink. And so you provided them a little bit of water because that's what they needed. Did they really need water? No, I'm sure the person was thirsty. Here's the story and here's what Christ does. Christ comes in and the person may be dying of thirst because of the smoke and the heat and all those things. But Christ comes, grabs that person, throws them on their shoulder, walks them out of the building and saves their life. We far too often depict Christ because he didn't give us the water that we were looking for. And we get really angry. People, who cares about the water? You're about to die. Jesus comes in and he throws you on his shoulder and he takes you out. He saves our life. And we get really angry because the water, all I wanted was a drink of water. God, I'm looking for a drink of water. I'm looking for a drink of water. And he didn't come to, to give you just the drink of water. Or he didn't come just to make sure that you were healthy finan- or financially healthy. Or he didn't come just to make sure that you had no health problems. And he didn't come to make sure you did all these things. He came to make sure that you had life and that you could have it abundantly and that you could live for everlasting life with him in heaven. The water, though it's nice, was not necessary. The lady died, though she had a nice bottle of water. But when we stop and we step back and we go, Jesus Christ came and he grabbed that lady and he put her on his shoulder and gave her what she really needed. So many times, just like these people did, the Romans and the Jews and and, and God just wasn't who he said. He, he was rejected by man. His own did not receive him. It says there in John 1. We're going to go back to that in just a minute. But his own received him not. They didn't even take him in. And we do the same exact thing all throughout our society. I have two more passages of scripture here. But in Matthew chapter number 1. In verse number 21, it says, And she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. Listen, there are some gifts that aren't really that valuable to us. Some things that aren't really valuable at the moment. Again, your kids are going to open up presents and they're going to look at those socks and they're going to look at that underwear and they're going to go, oh, yay. And they're going to throw it aside. They're never going to look at it again. And as silly as that illustration is, socks and underwear, though they don't recognize it, they are a valuable thing that we need. It's something that we use on a regular basis. The same thing as it is with Christ. We may have seen We may accept the fact that I'm a sinner in need of a Savior. I never realized I have to get to a place to understand that I am a sinner in need of a Savior. And it's that Savior that comes to save. It says there in that that passage I just read, His name, Jesus, for He shall save His people from their sins. And as we look at all those things, as we kind of wrap this up, if we go back to that story... 
here's where it kind of wraps, comes into you. This wealthy king wanted to fall in love. All he wanted to do was just, he wanted to fall in love. And that poor peasant girl that he saw, he, he was really after that. And so he made himself of nothing and he came to, 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 to live with that person and, and be of rags and be of nobody. And, and the story is this. To be honest, I don't know if the story ends with the two of them getting together or get married. To some point, this story is going to end how you want it to end. Because this, he came with nothing to gain. Jesus Christ came, became flesh. His own did not receive him. He was rejected. But when we stop and we look at that king, that girl may have rejected him, never knowing what she rejected. That girl may have accepted him to learn what she accepted. Do you know, as Christians, as people following Christ, or maybe you're sitting in this room and you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior, and you may look at Jesus and you may not understand, and you may have rejected him most all of your life, and you may have done a number of different things, But God sent His only Son, the King, the ruler of the world, to live amongst us so that we would love Him, to save us from our sins. And some of us even accepted Him and we never fully grasped why we did it, but it was that tug on our heart or whatever it would be. And then all of a sudden we, 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 we grew and we grew and we grew and we're like, ah, oh, you start to see who Christ is. And that story really ends with us. Do you accept? Do you reject? Do you take in that gift? Are you somebody that within your life, people on the outside look and go, well, that's a person that says they go to church, but I don't want any part of church because of how that person lives their life. And as we wrap up this morning, some of you may need to accept a Savior this morning. Some of you may need to to just seek and go, man, am, am I really after Jesus Christ or am I after what Jesus Christ come, has to offer? Do I want to know Christ or do I want what he has to offer? Do I want to marry the king because he's rich and he has power and he has a palace? Or do I want to marry the king because he's an incredible person and I love that man? Where are we? Where are you in your life? And this morning as we close, as the praise team comes up, and have you rejected Christ? Well, no, I go to church. I love Jesus. He, I accepted Him as my Savior. No, have you rejected Christ? 
Accepting Him as your Savior doesn't mean that every day you live accepting Him. Have you denied yourself? Or are you still just haven't given up the things that you enjoy? And as we go ahead and stand this morning and as they begin to play and Have you rejected the gift? Have you accepted the gift?